Our text is found in the gospel that was written by St. Matthews, by Matthews chapter 12, verses 46 through verse 50. And we're reading from the New Living Translation. Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 through 50. Uh, the parallel gospel is Mark chapter 3, in which Jesus speaks these words. Listen to how Matthew records the words of Jesus and what happened during this situation. Verse 46 reads, as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and all of those that were around him and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. And verse 50 is where the subject is found. Anyone, someone help me say anyone, who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Anyone, not just black people, not just white people, not just Protestants, but anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven, they are my mother, my brothers, and my sisters. For the next few moments in this Family Matter series, we want to share with you from this subject, we are family. Just look at somebody and wave at him and says, we are family. I clap those hands as you take your seat, okay? We are family. As I was putting this series together, Family Matters series, could not help but reflect back over my own ancestral family. Thought about, I, I, I am fortunate and blessed because I can trace our ancestors back five or so generations, four generations of slaves. Uh, and, and I thought about where they were from. Thought about growing up, hearing people say things like, for instance, on my paternal grandfather's side, his name was Andrew, called him Malcolm Jackson. He was from a small, rural, tight-knit community about five miles south from here called Gadsden. It's in Gadsden, South Carolina, in Richland County. On my mother's side, her father, about two miles or three from here, going towards Columbia, a small community called Arthur Town. His ancestors migrated from Rome, Georgia, and settled my, my great-grandfather uh, as a slave, former slave, in Arthur Town. Now, often, when I'm talking to someone from either Gadsden 
or Arthurtown or the surrounding communities of Taylors and Little Academy, you have to have grown up here to know what that means. That they would say to me, you know we are family. Y'all have heard that too, right? I'm sure y'all heard that in some of the great metropolitan areas y'all grew up in. St. Stephen, South Carolina, Monks Corner, Charleston, Beaufort, all of those areas. Y'all heard people say, we are, you know we are family. Or they would ask me the question, who are your people? And I'm really giving them more grammatical credit than they deserve. They really wouldn't put it like that. They'd say, who are your people? And if you're from Charleston, they say, who are you people? Okay. <laughs> and and, and we, we know exactly what they're talking about. And you would tell them that, oh, my dad was AC, my mama was Janie, his dad was Malcolm, my mom's dad was Madison Lumpkin. They would say, oh, you know that you are family. They all embrace you as family. Now, the truth is, most people from Gadsden, most people from Arthurtown are part of one big blended family. And although a lot of us are cell related by blood, perhaps even more importantly, they feel a sense of bond because of their common heritage or their common experiences. They all grew up together. Their, their ancestors migrated from the same plantations. They, they all worked as family members, sharecropping for the same farms. They, they all know, y'all know what I'm talking, they all knew the same people. So whether you are related or not, they claim you. Amen. They claim you as family. You can't go anywhere. They won't say, hey, cuz. And I've just learned to say, hey, what's up, cuz? And my son say, how are they cousin? I say, don't ask me to explain it. <laughs> just trust me. They are cousins, okay? There are many different descriptions of family. May I preach this? There are communities such as Gadsden or Arthurtown or uh, communities, Frogmore, their communities, all, Greenview, Valley Park, Beaufort, uh, Johns Island, Deacon Simmons, uh, 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 there are many communities that feel as if they are family. And they'll call you family because you're from there. Uh, then there are schools that refer to themselves as family. I am a proud member of the Benedict College family. <laughs> Wherever I go, I tell people, proud member, yeah, there's some family members in here, of the Benedict College family. No matter uh, how long I've been away, uh, I'm associated, I don't know if USC call themselves family members. I, I, think, I, I think they're lame cops. I mean, game cocks. I mean, they're just what they're, but <laughs> it's been a long time since I got that in. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but there's schools like Allen University. My mom went there and uh, they, they, are, they are family. Benedict, the Morehouse family, the Spelman family, the Clafton family, the South Carolina State Bulldogs family. They, they call it, and then there are sororities and fraternities who view themselves as family. The Delta family, the AKA family, the Zeta family, the, 
the cappers, the cues, the the what the grooves, delta. Did I miss anybody? And all those that I missed. Okay, they, they they come together rightly so, and there's a great purpose that they serve because they are able to bond together and form close knit groups that look out for each other, and they become family. Now, when you hear the word family, you think of something in common, some commonality. You think of some kind of bond that unites people together. Here's the key. Despite their differences and preferences. All family members don't have to think alike, look alike, act the same way have the same preferences or embrace the same choices, but they're still family. Am I right about it? We can't get so parochial that we think that until you look like me and act like me, you're not part of my, I'm going somewhere with this. You'll see the tie-in. But here's what God said to me on this Pentecost Sunday. He says, there is another special family group that we would like to talk about today. Uh, a family group that goes beyond who your mother and father may have been. A family group that goes beyond where you grew up. A family groups that goes beyond where you went to school or, or sororities or fraternities or groups that you uh, form together. There's another family group that is so important to who we are as a person. And that is our faith family. So look behind you and tell somebody, hello family. Hello family. Faith family, faith family, faith family. Now when we speak of our faith family, we are speaking of those who share a very common and significant bond. And that is not that we all go to the same place or worship the same way, but that we trust in the Lord, our God. You may dance and others may sit and don't move a lick, but they're still your family. Amen. Some may use a band and others may use a hymn book, <laughs> but they're still your family. We cannot allow the world to do to us what the world has always done, divide and conquer. Amen. Faith family is very important to our success. Just like a natural family is important to your success, you need a faith family because man is not just flesh or man is not just intellect, but man, when I mean man, mankind is also spirit. And so there has to be a spiritual connection I'm going somewhere. Has to be somewhere where your spirit connects. That leads us to the text that we've chosen for today's message. Text reference. And let us examine in this text the, the thing that Jesus says unites us as a faith family. Our text is a very interesting text. The 12th chapter of Matthew is a text that begins with the religious leaders challenging Jesus because he violated some of their natural protocols, their 
tradition, their orthodoxy. He, he violated that. One, one of them comes to mind, the first confrontation really involved, and all of them center around Sabbath and what you do or cannot do on the Sabbath. Jewish tradition was very strict as it relates to the Sabbath, and they said there should not be any work, uh, should not be even any miracles performed. Nothing should be done on the Sabbath. But one day, early on in the text, Jesus' disciples, uh, as they were ministering, the Bible says they were very hungry, and they were walking through a field, and they plucked out some of the grain, and they began to eat it, and the religious leaders took issue of that. They challenged Jesus, uh, says, what kind of leader are you if you allow those who are with you to harvest on the Sabbath? Oh, sometimes religious leaders get on your last nerve. Sometimes we, we are so holy minded that we are no earthly good. Sometimes we have too many rules and regulations and what you can and can't do, how you got to look, what you got to do this, you got to do that. And none of that was a part of what God expected. And Jesus basically at first kind of ignores them, but just talk about how the Sabbath uh, uh, was uh, God's idea. But it wasn't made for you guys to worship the Sabbath. You worship the God of the Sabbath. I'm going somewhere. And then... Uh, the other confrontation Jesus had in Matthew chapter 12 uh, involved a man who was in the synagogue on the Sabbath uh, and he had a deformed hand. And the disciples looked at Jesus and they challenged him and they said to him, I know you are not thinking about healing this man's hand. And Jesus basically said, watch me. <laughs> Because I don't care anything about your traditions. I don't care anything about that. And so Jesus asked him a question. Let me ask you something. If one of you have an ox and the ox falls in the ditch on a Sabbath, would you get him out or would you leave him there until the next day? All of them were embarrassed because the answer was very obvious that you would get it out. What Jesus was saying was there's a need and there's a need on the Sabbath. And Jesus heals the man's hand uh, to the outrage and the disgust of the religious leaders who left there calling Jesus a lunatic and they left according to the text plotting to kill Jesus. Why? Simply because he was doing something different than what their traditions have done. Folk would get mad at you if you break their protocol. Folk will get mad at you if you break their tradition, amen. Just because you dress up coming to church don't mean everybody got to dress up coming to church. Leave people alone. If you want to get on my last nerve, let somebody come to me and say, you start talking to people about how they look coming to church. The fact of the matter is you ought to be glad anybody is up here. If you want to dress up, dress up. You want to dress down, dress That's why I don't like all of these arranged things. I'm just venting now. See People say to me, Pastor Jackson, we ought to have dress down Sunday. Dress down any Sunday you desire. Just don't get mad at the deacon if he want to dress up. Some of the deacons don't get a chance to shine them shoes but once a week and they want to put that handkerchief in their pocket and they want to put on that tie. Let them dress up. 
and some of you don't want to put on no tithes, no, no, you come, whatever you want. Yes, wear what you want. Sandals, flip-flops, short pants, I don't care. Just show up. Indecency and because this side of the church is giving me the holy eye. No. <laughs> I didn't say the hot pants. In, in, well, indecency in, in and in order. And you know decency is subjective. You do know that, right? What you call undecent, somebody say, I look good. And I'm not going to argue with it. Let me get back to the text, Pastor Lawson. So Jesus says to these religious leaders, I ain't thinking about y'all. <laughs> I'm going to heal this man's hand, and I don't care what y'all think about me. So they put the word out, send back messages to his family that was in Nazareth, and say, this, this, this relative of y'all is a crazy. He's a lunatic. He, he harvests on the Sabbath. He performed miracles on the Sabbath. The word went back to his mother Mary. According to church historians, Jesus had four brothers, and it is believed that he had two sisters. We know his brothers. Their names are named in the gospel. We know that James and Jude and Simon uh, and Joseph were brothers, of the four brothers of Jesus. They believe he had two sisters, one perhaps by the name of Mary, church historian said, other by the name of Simone, two sisters. So he had a large natural family, uh, half-brothers and sisters, if you so please, because Jesus uh, was, was not of the seed of Joseph, okay? Uh, he was from Jehovah Jireh, God himself. So the word went back, word went back to Mary, your boy, something's wrong with him. So Mary did what every good mama would do. And Mary packed up her bags and said, I'm going to find my son. If you've got a child in trouble, I don't care where they are, you're going to make your way there. If they're in New York, Paris, no matter where they are, if they need you, you're going to find a way. Am I right about it? To get there. That's what Mary did. She found a way. She and her sons, they, they went to where Jesus was. They were concerned over what they heard. So they wanted to go and check on Jesus for themselves. When they arrived there, it was so crowded. Jesus was teaching, could not get in. So they sent word into the place where Jesus was teaching. Saying, come outside, we need to talk to you. We need to check on you. Uh, and Jesus' response is iconic. Jesus' response is what gets us to the text this morning. Uh, Jesus got the message and he responded, uh, and I've chosen Mark's gospel uh, to give you a, 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 a better sense of what Jesus says. Although Matthew chapter 12 has a response, but Mark chapter 3, verses 33 to 35, here is what Jesus says. He asked the rhetorical questions, who is my mother? Who are 
my brothers. Then Mark says he looked at those that around him, all of the people that needed help, all of the people that needed a miracle. The man with a deformed hand. Perhaps I don't know who was in the crowd. Perhaps the woman who would later have an issue of blood. Uh, I don't know who was in the crowd. Perhaps there was someone there who was possessed by demons. And he looked around at the crowd and he says to them, these are my mother. These are my brothers. And then he says these most profound words, anyone who does God's will (laughs) is my brother and my sister and my mother. Look at somebody say anyone who does God's will. Now there are three key insights from Jesus' response that I want to share with you today and then I'll take my seat. Because Jesus' response is so noteworthy. Don't ever forget this, mark this down. But there are three key insights, three key things that I took away from Jesus' response. Number one is this, and this is so important. Jesus never disassociated or disowned his natural family. Some of you are holy wonders but no good at home. Preach, Pastor Jackson. Yeah, some of you can hug all the saints, but can't speak to your own brothers and sisters at home. Some of you, even folk, Pastor Bradley, I know men and women of God who had the audacity to say, I don't even own that child anymore. I'm so disgusted at their lifestyle. I don't want anything to do with them. The devil is a liar. And you need to check out your Holy Ghost. Because that does not sound like the Jesus we are talking about. Jesus never spoke bad of his family. Even at age 12, having been lost in the temple, you know the story. He said to his mother, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? Uh, Jesus never disowned his four brothers or or his two likely sisters. They were part of Jesus' family. Now, here's the key. Although they did not follow his ministry while he was alive, his influence touched them in such a way uh, that his family members became powerful patriarchs and matriarchs of the New Testament church. James, the brother of Jesus, writes without faith, uh, without uh, well, uh, faith without works, is dead. That was Jesus' brother. He became a bishop of the church. Why? Because Jesus lived such a life in front of them that eventually uh, they held on to his belief. You've got to live a life where people not just hear you, but they see you. And they see your good works. Another brother of Jesus believed by biblical scholars was Jude. Jude writes that really short book in the Bible that consists of only 24 verses. Oh, but verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless 
the only true living God be power, dominion, and glory now and forever. That was a brother of Jesus that Jesus never disowned while he walked the earth. It is believed that perhaps one of his sisters was there at the cross with Mary uh, doing his crucifixion. So the key is don't you ever disown your family. I'm talking to all these leaders now. Don't you ever disassociate yourself with your family. They may not subscribe to what you believe. They may not have your choices or your preferences, but they're still your family. Amen, somebody. And so Jesus never, because he eventually won them over. Uh, if you love them and if you trust the God who will draw them, God will eventually win them over. Clap those hands and look at somebody and say, love your family. Love your family. Don't disassociate yourself and disown your family. Second key takeaway, second key insight in this incredible response by Jesus is that Jesus knew something. He knew that he was a part of a larger family, a family that went beyond his natural family. There's a wonderful scripture in Romans. I'll give you a chance to get it upstairs. Chapter 8 and verse 15. The New Living Translation uh, explains how we're all a part of God's family. Jesus knew that there was something bigger than Joseph and Mary. Jesus knew that there was something larger than James, Jude. Uh, Jesus knew there was something larger than his brother Simeon. Jesus knew there was something larger than his sisters. He knew that there was a larger family. And here's this family that Paul writes about. He says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit. And here's the key. Here's how we became a part of God's family. God adopted you as his own children. Stay right there for a moment. I love and I admire uh, birthright families. But there's something about adopted families. Because see, birthright families, they're yours whether or not you like them or not. You, you didn't choose how they look, how they act. They just came out that way. And so some folk feel I'm just stuck with who I got. But when you adopt somebody, you know their history. You know their shortcomings. You know everything that's wrong with them. You know where they're not perfect. And yet you say you are a part of my family. I showed up this morning to declare and decree that God adopted us into his family. God knew that we were with sin. God knew that we had issues. God knew that we had attitudes. God knew that we get angry and disgusted sometimes. God knew that we slip and slide. We fuss and cuss. Some of y'all do. God knew all of those things. And yet God says, I want you to be my family. Somebody ought to give God a hand of praise. 
Oh, he knows my downsettings and my uprisings. And if I make my bed in hell, woo, behold, thou art there. Look at somebody say, you're family. Wave at your neighbor say, you're family. Wave at somebody say, you're family. I'm so glad, so glad that God adopted me as a part of his family. I'm not perfect, but I'm in the family. I've got issues, but I'm in the family. I slip and slide sometimes, but I'm in the family. Some of you mess up sometimes, but you're in the family. God may not agree with your choices or your preferences, but you're still in the... Woo. Somebody say, thank God I'm in the family. Now, can I leave you with something? And if you're in the family, you're in the will. My, uh, my sons get concerned every time a new grandchild is born. And I tell them, I say, Lord, I, I'm telling you right now, boys, I tell DJ Antoine, every, every time I look at my grandchildren, I cut y'all further out of the will. And they look at me and they say, oh, I wish I was Kimmy and I, and, and, and I wish I was Drew and Kennedy and all of them. They know, but when you're in the family, you're in the will. And here's the will. God has something that eye has not seen and ear has not heard. Anybody know that God's got a blessing with your name on it? God's got a breakthrough with your name on it. Somebody wave your hands and say, thank God I'm still in the will. <laughs> thank God I'm in the will. I'm in the will. Daddy left me with something. My heavenly father left me with something. This joy I have, the world can't take it away. The world didn't give it. Somebody ought to give God your best praise for being in the wind. Wave at your neighbor. Say, so you may not have anything yet. You may not have what you want yet. But wait until the will is read. Wait until God gives you what God has for you. Woo! I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Somebody say, I'm in the will. Ah, and here's the third and the final one as we rest upon our feet. Ah, the second one is that Jesus knew that he was a part of a larger family. And here's the third one. I don't want you to miss this. Ah, that larger family, if you don't take a picture of anything, you don't write down anything, take a picture of this. That larger family 
that Jesus spoke of was not the Bible way family. Because Bible way don't mean nothing to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus can care less about the size of your congregation, how good your choir sing, how many houses you're building, all the stuff that we get obsessed about. Jesus says, none of that matters with me. He can care less about Pastor Jackson and whatever credentials he may have. Here is who is in the family. Ooh, anyone. Ooh, that ought to make you feel good. Because some of you folk won't draft you or adopt you into their family. But anyone who does the will of God is a part of this family. You don't have to dress right. You don't have to speak right. You don't have to speak in tongues or sing like an angel. But if you do God's will, if you do God's will, if you wake up in the morning and say, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. How many of you want to do God's will? Somebody ought to give a praise. We ought to have one dance on Pentecost Sunday. Somebody ought to give God a praise for being in the family. This is a family dance. All the family members. Somebody say, I'm in the family. I'm in the family. suppose but this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel that in the last days God will pour out his spirit among all flesh all flesh everybody who does the will of God they are in something now y'all been to family reunions before come on musicians maybe family reunion even mine to those of us who were not artistically inclined family would get together they would have a little line dance y'all know that y'all don't act that holy come on y'all 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 ain't that holy and everybody would move everybody tell your neighbor give me some space and everybody Get your groove on. You got 10 seconds to move 
Even the deacons with arthritis can move a little bit. Ah. Mother Larkin, I know you got yours on, baby. Even the old people in the family know how to move. In the family. That's right, baby. Hey, y'all. When y'all show up the family reunion, what do y'all say? I'm in the house. Hey. Hey, family. Wave at somebody and say, hey, family. I gotta sing my song. So when I Somebody say you in the family. Come on, make your way to this altar. You in the family. Let me share this last point with you. We often quote Acts chapter two. Am I right about it? To those of us who come from a Pentecostal heritage, we proudly quote Acts chapter two and verse four. And verse 38, verse 4 said they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues. Verse 38 said they were all baptized and received the gift of the Holy Spirit. But then there's verse 45. <laughs> Same chapter. I want all of my preacher friends that perhaps will get this message to hear this. In verse 38 is important. Verse 4. If they are important, why not verse 45? They sold their property and their possessions. This is the part I like. Don't y'all stop praising God now. And share the money with those <laughs> in need. So 
families do more than dance together. Amen. They do more than come together and have a good time. They share with those that were in need. Why, Pastor Jackson? Because they all were a part of the family. And so God wants us to know that there's a larger family that goes beyond your bloodline. Some of you may not have experienced growing up with a father or mother or even a strong nuclear family. But I'm here to share some good news. There's a family that sticks closer than a natural brother and a natural sister. If you do the will of God, not the Pentecostal Baptist will or the Methodist will, but the will of God. If you do the will of God, then Jesus says, you are my family. Bishop Hezekiah Walker, great product of the Bible Way Church in Brooklyn, New York, wrote this song that is so powerful. The lyrics said, I need you. You need me. We all as part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We all a part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. Ooh. Listen to these next words. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I'll pray for you. You pray for me. I won't harm you with words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. Wherever you are right now, this is an invitation to be a part of a larger family, a greater family, a family that goes beyond your own blood family. Be a part of God's family. As the worship and arts team lead us right now. Come on right now, wherever you are. Everybody join in with the worship team and look at somebody and say, I need you. I need you. Tell them you need. You need me. We all. We're all a part. 
unites us all. Listen, I'm proud to be united by Arthur Tom Taylor and Little Camden. I'm proud Deacon Stokes to have my Gasden connections. Proud to be a member of the Benedict College family. Proud to be a part of the Bible Way Church of Alice Road family. But you know what I'm most proud of? Not to be a Jackson not to be from Benedict, by the way, but I'm most proud to be a part of God's family. <laughs> because that means all of you are my sisters. Come on. I pray. Yeah. I love you. Here's the good news. We're not bound by location. Location cannot separate us. If there is one good thing that came out of COVID, that is we were able to bring down the barriers of geographical location. And because we worship virtually for two years, Everyone was a part of our church family. And God says, never lose that. Because if you're in Boston or New York, Paris, or Rome, Italy, it doesn't matter. We all are a part of God. Ghana, South Africa, Liberia, wherever they may be, Nigeria, we all are a part of God's let us pray listen if you don't have this family it's not because the family doesn't want you please don't miss this if you're not a part of this family it is not because they don't want you 
it's because you have not chosen God's invitation to join. Confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, and we welcome you. The day of Pentecost was not the end, it was the beginning. On that one day, 3,000 converts were added to God's family, and they shared everything, 3,000 of them. The Bible says, and daily, daily, God added to the church. God is adding to this family every day, every day. You're never alone. There will always be someone to pray for you. Close those eyes. Eternal Father, we thank you. We bless you. Thank you for this Pentecost Sunday. Thank you for this special message. Thank you for the words that Jesus uttered in response to his natural family. Jesus not disowning or disassociating himself with his natural family. Said anyone who does the will of my father who is in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for growing our family. Thank you for a diverse family. Thank you for families who strengthen each other. Lord, help us to avoid any distraction, anything the enemy may bring our way. Try to separate or divide us. Remind us that we call you Abba Father. We reference, we honor you as our Father. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. And all of those that love the Lord said amen. Amen. If you want to be a part of God's family, you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior, the elders are at the back. Just wave your hands. The elders are back there. Uh, just if you want somebody to talk to, if you're virtual, call that number on the screen. Uh, somebody's there to pray with you. With words.